and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke-Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. It's also about our lives. Folks, before we get started on today's show, make sure that you're rating us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Give us a nice little review. It helps us out immensely, and we thank you for it. Also, we do two extra podcasts a month on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reality blows. Join the $5 blowness tier. $5 a month gets you two blowness episodes. And uh, we've done them since the beginning of this year. So there's a bunch to catch up on. And that's where Ashley and I kind of just shoot the shit and we talk about other stuff other than reality. But sometimes we talk about reality. I'd say we unbutton our pants. We get comfortable. We let our bellies hang out. Wrong. My pants are buttoned, <laughs> and I'm never comfortable. Uh, so today, we're going to talk about the fact that Ashley and I left the cocoon, did we not, Ash? We had an actual adventure. Sunday was a gorgeous day here in New York City, and even though we've been quarantined for the past two months, and we haven't been driving anywhere, we literally haven't driven out of our neighborhood, we haven't driven at all anywhere in two months, we decided that we were going to take a nice little drive to Long Island, Oyster Bay, Long Island, which is a place that we've gone before. That's a cute little town, and it's, uh, more importantly, pretty easy for us to get there, would you say, Ash? Not only is it easy to get there, but it feels like a different world. It's a different world. You're in the car for 25 minutes, and, and when you get in, you're you're in you're in Bushwick, Brooklyn, a, a, an industrial wasteland. And when you get out, you're in a cute colonial shore town. Now, Nick and I had been here before. We actually did a podcast where we talked about it, because we went to a historical house. We got a little tour about um, George Washington's spies because Long Island was apparently very important during the American Revolution. Didn't know that, but it was the first line of defense in keeping New York City safe. Nick and I love to go on historical tours. Usually it's uh, the two of us and five other people in their 80s. Um, yeah. We <laughs> enjoyed them a great deal. Uh, this, was called, this was at the Raynham House. And after that, we went and we had some seafood um, on the bed. And so we had we just had like a very fond memory of our time there. And we knew that we couldn't go to this house because we knew it would be closed. Closed for COVID. We knew we couldn't go to a restaurant because... Closed for COVID. But we were like, let's just go back. That was a cute little town. And we can just drive around and get some sun on our faces. We've actually been talking about leaving the house and possibly going on a car ride for a couple of weeks now. Um, Nick's mom brought it up. I think your dad also discussed it. And it was honestly a novel idea idea because Nick and I we've been complaining to our family members about how we are stuck in the house um and so they were like why don't you guys go on a car ride and then one of uh someone else said like well what are you gonna do if you have to pee you know that was the big concern so we were like well we just won't pee we'll just go on this car ride we won't pee I like why is it somebody else your dad said this well I just you know I like you call (laughs) my parents out for the people who want us to go take this ride but like when somebody gives you thing I think it's your dad you're just saying somebody well I guess I did that because I feel like your parents were doing us a favor by helping us and I feel like my dad was limiting us by saying like you're gonna you you know my dad was imposing sort of like uh, some anxiety on something that was a lighthearted adventure he gave you some advice did you heed it no i didn't we'll get to that in a minute but um so we had just been entertaining this idea of getting out of the city and we finally the stars aligned magically we did it on sunday morning and i'll tell you what we got in that car and i would say within the first minute minute and a half we were dancing we were jumping up and down in our seats i mean the joy was real well yeah we were uh, we had a little we put beck on beck on the on the sound system, Odelay. Uh, on, on the sound system. No, it was it was uh, 
um, uh, what's going on over there? <laughs> I just said put Beck on the sound system, and I'm yeah. like, what do we call that? The the, the stereo, the stereo, yeah, in the, the car? car, the car Blasting stereo. Some Beck. It was a gorgeous day. We did have like sort of a back and forth, um, trying to figure out whether and what the etiquette is with windows down or windows up in these times of Corona. We kept the windows up the entire time we were in New York City, and we rolled them down once we hit the interstate. I kind of figured well if there were places where we people do not walk we could probably have the windows down right nick was like when we got in the car so nick was like we're gonna when we leave he was like i'm gonna open all the doors and close everything like don't touch anything before we get in the car and i was like okay so he went first and opened all the doors and shut them and everything and then we got in the car and he was like we're not gonna roll the windows down because this shit lingers in the air dog nick was like it'll just hang out in the air floating around droplets hang in the air for hours on end no one has any idea what's going on but we did keep the windows up and i will say once we pulled off of our block i mean i really honestly had a rush of joy i i felt it in my body felt like we were going on vacation or something it was so exciting and then we hit the road we got to um oyster bay cute little town it's got a lot going for it um it is the birthplace of theodore roosevelt i i know that you can tour his house there that's the whole reason we ever found out about oyster bay is because we were going to go to uh theodore roosevelt's house but all the tickets were sold out that day and we ended up at a different historical house um so it's the birthplace or home of old teddy r was definitely the home of home of teddy r and when you pull in there's this giant statue of him on a horse a big bronze statue right in the middle of town and this time the statue had on a mask yeah boy I'll tell you that the statue had a mask on, but did the people of Oyster Bay have masks on? I would say 50-50. So then we went to this little like outdoor park that kind of came up on the water. It seemed to be like a rack area. There's tennis courts and a soccer field and, um, you know, picnic tables. I assume this is an area, this park is surrounding what what I assume is Oyster Bay. It seems to be that, that the water is, in fact, the Bay of Oysters. Now, did you know in Oyster Bay, I have a feeling you get a lot of oysters uh, that we eat in New York City. I have a feeling they come from Oyster Bay. Some Something tells me you might be right. Yeah. I got to say, when we, that seafood dinner we had the first time we went to Oyster Bay, we sat out on the water. I had crab legs. It was, and we had big fat clams. Yeah. Oh, those are so good. Were those clams too fat? I can't really remember. No, they weren't too fat. Oh, okay. And I'm just reminiscing about seafood. Like, I feel like so much of the seafood we eat, whether it be in sushi or oysters, is raw. And it's like, if you are just eating, I I will eat food from a restaurant right now in in the COVID time, but if it's cooked. Gotta be cooked. And so taking out the cooking element, it's like really cut down on my sushi intake. I mean, there are people at the delis here ordering deli sandwiches, and they've been doing it for the past two months, like getting online at a bodega and ordering a sandwich. To me, that's crazy. That's suicide. I'm like, <laughs> what are these people doing? They can't make their own sandwiches, man. Make a sandwich. Make a sandwich. Um, so we get to this little park area, and it's very cute, but it was it was odd because like. People just didn't have masks on. Uh, I would say, I would say, uh, in the park it was fifty fifty. In the park it was fifty fifty. You told me at one point you were like, "Look at this! More people have jeans on than masks." It was like pushing eighty, and people had long pants on. Like everybody had long pants on, um, almost. But like most people didn't have masks on, and I was like, "That's backwards, my friend," because I was in shorts and I had a mask on the whole time. Um, we were there. 
I was kind of like freaking out a little bit by the amount of people that were in this park. We, we do eventually leave the park, but before we get to us leaving the park, I will say that I got out of the car and I immediately had to pee. Sorry, dad. I immediately had to pee. I also didn't have any hand sanitizer on you, on me, which just shows you like how unaccustomed I am to actually leaving the yeah. house. We're always like a five minute walk away <laughs> from our bathroom to wash our hands. So yeah. it's like... We're not like we're not going anywhere where we would need to use our hand sanitizer because yeah. we're not touching anything. If we do go to the grocery store, uh, you know, Nick and I probably we trade back and forth. Nick probably goes to the grocery store more than me, but I mean, let's say I go to the grocery store and get something once every other week. I have a better constitution than Ashley. Um, I am a sickly person. Ashley's sickly. She's gonna come. I, we at this point also believe that Ashley had coronavirus. We're pretty sure. We're starting to realize like the timeline in which she was sick for like two weeks. Yeah, it just adds up. Um, and, and I did quarantine during that time as soon as I got sick. Yeah. And this is before everyone else was quarantined. Also, and I, I, now I'm starting to piece this together. I and mean, this is a little aside here, but I had a little Zoom hangout with some people that I worked with at a previous job. I, I'm like I, I'm like a gig worker, kind yeah. of, as you would say. And so I work on pro- a project basis. I was working on a project in January when the whole world had COVID. We just didn't realize it yet. Um, only people we thought had it was in China. But clearly it was already in the States. Um, and they, I think the director of the television show I was working on, like, had it real bad. Holy hell. And I was, like, dealing with him. <gasps> uh, like, he needed places to sleep between tapings. He looked like death. I was having, uh. we were having to procure lots and lots of, um, you know, cold medicine for him. And the fact that he got through, I mean, he had a fever. He was shaking. Oh, my God. He had COVID, he had COVID. babe. He was all over us. He was all wow. over us. Uh, people who worked for me were dropping like flies. Uh, a couple of those people were on this little Zoom hangout, and they were like, "Yeah, like I left that job and I was out for two weeks. No, like, couldn't go." Yes, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then later, I found out the building that I worked in, which I uh, the second gig I had about a month between. I went back in that same building in the studios, and people who were working on different projects in that studios were confirmed uh, Corona cases who I was sharing that building with, but they were there during the time in which we were there in January. So I'm realizing like, Oh, I was completely exposed to this stuff. Yeah. And I have a feeling I'm a carrier. I think I'm just a carrier. It would make sense for you to be a carrier. Nick has literally got, we've been together. What? 25 years. Yes. Feels feels like it. 10, nine or 10 years. Just this year. 10 years. We've been this November will be our what? Ninth year anniversary. Uh, Ninth year since we, since we started, Dating, I might have I seen think, you right? get sick twice, three That's times. That's not true. I do, I do get sick, but it's it's pretty quick, and it's not like violent. You get I've like seen you get st- a stuffy head for a couple of days. Right. Yeah, I'm counting that. But like you get like the full on flu. Yeah. And and in January, at January into uh, well, no, I guess it was Be- end of February, beginning end of, February, of March, beginning of March. Yeah, and I was like, because I remember being like, oh shit, like there's some sort of virus that's like sweeping the nation not realizing that it's going to completely take over American life. Yeah. Uh, And then being like, oh, shit, my fiancé is sick at home. I probably shouldn't tell all the people at work that I have, like, a sick person at home that I go home to see and, like, hang out with and sleep next to and then go into this. Okay, listen, we're talking too much about this, but but I want to say, I want to wrap it up by saying, I want to wrap it up by saying I probably didn't have it, okay? I didn't have any of the main symptoms. I didn't have a a fever. I didn't have a dry cough. We don't have a a thermometer, I know, but I I did the back of the hand test. No, you didn't. I didn't have a dry cough. You know, I didn't have any of that, okay? Yeah, but you could, your chest was tight. 
What? Your chest was tight, I don't dude. remember saying that. You said this like two days ago when you're like, yeah, I do think I had it. I don't know why she's trying to front No, right now. my chest gets tight because of anxiety. You had corona. <laughs> How dare you? You had corona. You I dirty, dirty corona-having motherfucker. <laughs> Let's move on to... Anyway, we're in Oyster Bay. Oyster Bay. I gotta this pee. Mother, this fucking COVID motherfucker <laughs> doesn't... First of all, doesn't cover her mouth at all. Doesn't bring us any sort of hand sanitizer. I did cover my mouth. You have all the hand sanitizer in this house and you didn't bring it. I don't even know where it is. I haven't used it once. You didn't ask me for it. And also we brought five masks. Okay. What do you mean I didn't cover my mouth? Well, I'm just saying normally we leave this car and immediately we get out of the car and she's like, "Hmm, yes, what? Hmm." I'm like, what? She's like, "Hmm, I got to go to the bathroom. Never have I ever sounded like that in my entire life. You didn't bring gloves. I Did, brought one glove. Brought I lost glove. the other glove. This motherfucker <laughs> lost her glove in the times of COVID. She doesn't even have a glove. Okay, Where's so that I, other glove? I don't know. Ash? I just have one glove now, okay? I just have one glove. I don't know what happened to the other she one. She just is off on the PPE. Off on the PPE. So we go to, uh, we go. I'm like, look over there. That gazebo type thing looks like it has bathrooms. So we walk over. We run over. We try, the, we try to jimmy the doors open. They're not opening. Nope. But you know what is open? Disgusting ass porta potties. Porta potties, folks. Wow. Hey, I'll tell you, you know how like in normal times when there isn't a flu who just like ravaging an entire world and you see a porta potty and you're like I probably don't want to go in there I'll hold it can you imagine what it feels like to have to use a porta potty in these times folks Ashley enlighten the enlighten the people I just I, I knew that I started to panic but I knew that I had to pee let me just say that if you use a porta potty before COVID you have to quarantine for two weeks. All right. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Okay, Ashley, continue. I start freaking out and I'm like, I just gonna go in there. I'm gonna do it real quick. Of course, I open the first porta potty. There's just a guy in there peeing. This is something I want to talk about to you, Nick. Did you see his little peachy? Of course not. His back is to me. Every time I've ever used a porta potty, I have opened up the door and there's been a man in there peeing. Why don't men lock the door? Is it because they're standing? Women always lock the door. And I think it's because they're sitting down and they're looking straight ahead. Men just walk in there, the door closes behind them, they're standing and up they got their back to it why are they not closing the door i think they're stupider they don't realize they have to turn a button you know i think also the fact that they're standing and their back is to the door i mean if you were to open up obviously you didn't see his little wing wang so uh you know the back thing does work i mean i did saw you no dingling you didn't see a dingling but did you stare directly in his butthole no i made direct eye contact with, with his butthole with him unfortunately How if, he was t- if he was turned he just had his pants halfway down over his butt he didn't have his whole butt exposed his whole butt wasn't exposed exposing Who, his butthole do you expose your whole butt when you pee? when i use the bathroom here's what i do i pull my pants completely off i take them off i hang them up on a hook then what I do is I bend over towards the toilet, face looking into the bowl. I spread my butthole. <laughs> okay, that's not what this podcast is about. Okay, so save it for your other podcast, Nick. God, I'm engaged to the poopy king of the world. Um, the poopy king? Yeah, you love talking about poops and butts. It's true. So after that, after we use the porta potty, we're walking around this little park area, and uh, I will say everyone's keeping six feet apart, which is nice. But the lack of masks—no, they're not. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't. Only at the end, when we walk, had to walk through those people, were they not keeping six feet apart? At the very beginning, when we were there, everyone was keeping six feet apart. Who came up close to us? Name them. Name their names. Their full names. Ricky, Davon. No. 
We saw nobody do Mancuso. that. Mancuso. There were guys who were walking like eight feet behind us. I made Nick and I pull over because I hate when people are walking behind me. I can hear their conversation. That's just me. That's just how I feel personally. And I'll tell you, when I took a look at these two guys that were very close to us, I was like, I'm glad Ashley pulled us out of the way. They seemed weird. <laughs> <laughs> no PPE on. Real thick, thick tree trunk legs. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> Strange, too strange. Say Oyster Bay. They were brothers, home. and they were both odd. The, the Oyster Bay, I can, I, I confirmed is home to two strange men. Yeah, it's true. So then we like we're we're walking to the periphery of this park area, and we realize if you walk over the train tracks, you can go into this downtown area that looks pretty empty and it's cute, and it's got little cobblestone streets and little sidewalks, and it's just got that colonial feel that we have co- come to know and love from Oyster Bay. So we're like, let's walk around the downtown area. We do that. It's very lovely. Then we veer off. Nick is like, let's go to this neighborhood and walk around. We start walking around the neighborhood. Y'all, people are living so well. What? What do you? Why did you stop talking there? I just, <laughs> I, I just stared off into the distance, thinking about the houses and the gardens well, we saw. Go, what's going on? What, what's your, what's your envy here? I just want space and yeah, a yard but and like f- it's filled with people from Long Island. Do you want to deal with that? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. A, no. I. Why the people of Long Island are great? Well, I actually don't mind the people of Long Island. Well, why didn't you want it? Why do you care that? Because the way you said it, I was just, I was just yes, ending the way you said I'm it. I'm sorry. I must have had something going on in my head. I meant that in a compliment way. But what did I say yesterday about Long Island and Staten Island? You said, oh, so Long Island is for rich people and Staten Island is for mobsters. Okay, why do you keep doing that for my voice? That's what you sound like. And that's not what I sound like, dude. <laughs> well, why did you do, where did you get the idea that Staten Island is for mobsters and Long Island is for rich people? Because these houses look like incredibly expensive houses, especially when we were driving in. They were like grand estates. And then in Staten Island, I mean, we just watched like, what, 40 hours of mob-centric television from the Lifetime Network? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all Staten Island stuff. It the MTV be... is MTV has a show. My family is the mafia or whatever. You don't think freaking Bay Ridge has some mobsters? And the whole point of that show is like, I live in Staten Island, and that's where the mob is. Yeah, kind of. I guess. Yeah, that's right. the whole point. Um, okay, so we're walking around this little neighborhood, and Nick has his mask on, and I take my mask off because at this point, if you have your mask on, you look suspect. See, I'm glad you admitted it to the fine folks at home. Ashley is a careless individual. There was no one out except for on their porches. I don't know what you have. <laughs> I'm out and about, man. I don't know what you caught. Listen, I, all right, so I didn't have my I had my mask on. I was afraid. I don't know who just ran by. I it don't just know. was an interesting um, switch because we left Brooklyn where if you don't have a mask on, it's weird. And we were in this like suburban area of Long Island where if you did have a mask on, it was weird. It feels odd to not have a mask on in public. I agree. So, I mean, I guess that's what, what I was going with there. So what did we do next? So then we, we walked around a little bit and then we were like, uh, we had passed some, they have some businesses open in this little town of Oyster. Doing to go sort of situations. Doing to go sort of situations. There was some sort of like a sandwich place or a soup and sandwich place that we walked by that seemed to have like a couple of outdoor seating 
yeah. areas. And they very loudly, I heard them saying to someone else that they had measured that they were at least six feet apart. Yeah. And yeah, the guy he was talking to was like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That's like eight feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like almost like they were doing it for us as we walked by. Next to that was a guy who was eating some sort of ice cream and he seemed to be just jamming out to the music that like was pl- being played on the street. It was like reggae music and he was definitely a 50 year old white guy yeah, with some just, ice cream. And you, and you know what? I kind of feel like if I was able to eat ice cream on the street, I might be dancing a reggae tone as well. Well, Nick was staring at him and I thought it was because he wanted some ice cream. So I was like, look, there's a little ice cream shop up there. And Nick's like, nah, I'm trying to watch this guy. <laughs> I just like to see guys dancing. You know what I mean? I mean, I enjoyed it, but we did see some ice cream and we thought about it. We thought about the idea of possibly eating some. It wasn't ice cream. Though. Those, that was icy. Italian ice. It Italian ice. Yeah. Um, and, and there was, yes, there was a Reese's peanut butter cup flavor. Yeah. We were like, well, maybe we'll hit this up on the way back. And we started walking. We, we walked, s- we saw, we saw some, uh, iced coffee that was being sold in a, in a, in a coffee place. And you know, Ashley and I, we, we kill for cold brew. Haven't had it over two Haven't months. Haven't had it in two months. We got cold brews. Nick bought us jumbo cold brews. Jumbo. We sat on a bench, drank our cold brews. We walked back to the car. We got in. We had some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I had packed. Yep. That was nice. We had a really good outing. And then we were like, I, you know, I had this, I have a blanket, okay, that I had ordered off of Walmart.com and it had arrived. It smelled weird. And I was like, you know what? We're in the suburbs. Why don't we just stop at a Walmart and I can return it? Thinking it'll be an easy peasy situation. They did have a line out the door. And I was like, what are all these people doing at Walmart? Let's leave. Yeah, it was out of control i mean we haven't seen like what a suburban store looks like we in have a couple no months, idea so we don't yeah. know if this is tell us is this is, is this, this normal well i are to they my, letting people in just a few people at a time is that what's going on i spoke to my dad yeah. this morning and i told him a little bit about what we did and the fact that we tried to go to walmart and i mentioned how big the line was and he said in jersey it's not like that oh so if you want to go if you want to go to walmart go to jersey uh i did not want to go to walmart yeah. As soon as we got, as soon as we're like, yeah, we'll leave the city. We'll get in the car. Ashley starts picking her targets and Walmarts. And I just, just had like, a blanket I wanted to return. It couldn't... showed up and it smelled bad and I want to return it. That's all. It smells like mildew. Listen, you... there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's on my side. So the next thing we did was. <laughs> yeah, but then you're like, we, we should also get. You... Well, then I was like, while we're at Walmart, we should get Lily food. Yeah, I'm a provider. Sue me. So then we get back I in the car. I will sue you. I'm going to sue you. <laughs> we drive back to New York and on the way back to New York, we listened to um some of a survivor podcast because over the past five days we have become super duper survivor heads (sighs) folks it's bad over here in the uh, Reality Blows household. It's taken over our world. We're <laughs> dreaming about it. We're talking about it. I'm applying for it. Um, Ashley and I are, are I am doing, a, I'm doing a, real, a, a Survivor podcast in my head all day long for it's about incredible. a week. <laughs> so we're watching, um, you know, we started with season 40, uh, War of the Worlds. Right. Or War right. of the, what's it called? No, it's uh, 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 Winners at War. Winners at War. And we were like, this is incredible. We love this. It has really taken us by surprise. I mean, we knew Survivor was a good show. It's like one of the most popular shows of all time. Like, we're not dumb. We knew it was good. But we didn't realize we would be so taken with it. Because at this point in our lives, we're pretty numb to reality television. We watch so much of it. You have to be very special to, uh, you know, really take us in. So we were watching this. We're loving it. And we're watching the challenge, right? Yes. And Jay is on the challenge. 
who's yes. on, who's from Survivor. And then we just get this little, we get this harebrained idea. It ain't a harebrained idea. Harebrained idea. I came up with it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I came up with the idea Here's that the thing. we would watch. We were talking about it. We were talking like maybe we should start popping on some of these things. I have a completest popping mindset. On, popping on some of what things? Some of these, po- some of these uh, seasons. Past Thank you. <laughs> seasons. You guys didn't get what I meant by that? We, popping on some of these things. <laughs> Past seasons. We, uh, you know, on the CBS All Access app, you get to have all access to ev- ev- 40 seasons seasons of survivor commercial free it's fantastic and so i was like man you know i'm I'm really enjoying season 40 i watched like the first three seasons with my parents as a child 20 years ago and so i was like do i want to start watching some of these other seasons of survivor i'm a completist i'm like i'm not well what what did i do with real housewives when i got that bug oh so long ago i started from the beginning folks and I was like, am I going to do that with this? Do I start with one? And I was like, I don't know. So then cut to us watching the challenge last week. And if you guys are listening to our challenge podcasts or if you're watching the challenge, you'll know that there's a cliffhanger where Rogan tossed Jay like a rag doll. And we don't know. May have broke his arm. Definitely knocked killed him, him out. I don't know what happened to Jay. I'm but on the edge of my seat. We're big fans of uh, Jay this season. We kind of are. He won us over, even though we didn't love him on his uh, ex on the beach season. Or we did love him, but we, we, we yeah. thought he was a joke. Yeah, we didn't respect him. We didn't respect Jay. <laughs> I didn't have any. We didn't watch Survivor. I was like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Yeah, you know now I, mean? I would say we respect Jay. And so... Jay won us over, and 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 it was such a brutal ending to the episode that after we were done watching that episode, I just took it upon myself, grabbed the old Roku remote, and I put on Jay's season from the beginning of Survivor. That's season 33, Millennials vs. Gen X. And Ashley and I watched that entire season in three days. I'd say maybe two days, <laughs> two, two or half. three days. Another thing that's so great about this is that we really like Adam from season 40. Right. It and- turns out that's the season in which, spoiler alert, Adam was the victor. He's the sole survivor. He's on this uh, this season, yeah, yeah, and he's the sole survivor. And we like him a lot on season 40 because he's just, there's something so, like, uh, unaware or just, I don't want to say cringy. Adam is a funny, likable, unlikable character. How would you describe him? You know, like He's I can kind of see, a spaz. I can see why people would hate him. You know, like when we watch this, we learned that a lot of people didn't like Adam. And um, I, we kind of, but we love him. And we, you know, if you listen to the pod, you know, we called Lily Adam for a good two <laughs> or three weeks. Yeah. He's a little bit of a spaz, um, that Adam. And he, he was intriguing to Ashley and I. Yeah. And it just so happens that Adam shared a season with Jay and they were boys on this season they had a real back and forth they had a very compelling relationship they they totally loved each other and also continually stabbed each other in the back and in the chest yeah it was uh and ashley and i ripped through that season and it was uh, a wild ride and since then we've started another season tell them what season it is we're, we're watching season 20 uh heroes versus villains yep and i will say that to me it is much slower than the last season we just watched it is i mean you got to think it's 14 seasons uh it's junior so yeah it's it is a slower paced game mm-hmm. right there now but it's chock full of stars folks lots of stars a bunch of people that are on this uh, season 40 uh it's a bunch of stars that have have sort of been the stars of survivor 
for a good chunk of its time. So it's I, I'm enjoying it just because I enjoy Survivor now. It's my new favorite thing in the world. Now, something I want to talk to you about, Nick, is why are we liking this more than the challenge currently? Well, are we liking this more than the challenge? I think so. Interesting. I don't know if I'm liking it more than the challenge, but I am liking it a shit ton. Is it more compelling than the challenge? I'm looking forward to season 40 on Wednesdays more than the challenge right now, solely based on the fact that we are coming up to the end of it. Mm. So like definitely I'm, I'm anticipating this two hour, uh, you know, basically last couple of vote outs. Um, and I'm, 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 I don't know what the hell is going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Much like we would be excited if the final was coming up in a week on the challenge. But I mean, do I like Survivor as much as the challenge at this point in my life? I absolutely do. I, I can't say that I like it more just because the challenge is the challenge. I feel like it's I feel like it's my, you know, my life sometimes. Yeah, I do feel invested in the challenge in a way that I don't feel with Survivor. But I think maybe that is one of the reasons why I'm I'm more drawn to it currently is because Survivor doesn't come with the baggage that the challenge does. Like that you've seen these people on the challenge, you've seen them be uh, horrible to each other and then you've seen them be kind to each other and there's just so much baggage there it's like can feel like a a pulling you down with survivor it's like i don't know these people this is just fun this is just pure fun there's no i have nothing invested in this well i think that's because you're a newbie i'm a noob noob. it seems to me that people are able to dissect survivor as if it's a sport yeah from what i can see and read and listen to on the internet there are so many dedicated podcasts about Survivor that picks this stuff apart in a way that I don't think you could ever really do with the challenge. And I, I think it's just a little bit more intricate. And I think the reason why it may be objectively a better game than the challenge is the fact that strategy is what you're looking for this game. Uh, or watch it getting what you're enjoying about the game. I think super fans of Survivor are really into strategic gameplay. When super fans of the challenge want to see like a shit show in some mm. way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I like about it a lot is what? that the challenge is just a bunch of pretty people. And then Survivor, it's just so much more diverse in terms of life experience and age and age. And uh, body type, life experience could be a little bit more racially diverse. Could be a little bit more racially. I don't think diverse. we've. Yep. I don't think we've seen. We watched two seasons, and have we seen one Asian person? Um. Well, the current season we're watching now was had uh, uh has Yule. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking about the two back ones. That yeah, we watched. there has oh, been. I guess a, there, there Gen ha- X versus yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there, there, there has been. But let's just say that it's a ninety percent white show. It's very white. And I think they tried to figure it out, uh, from what I can tell, on a couple of seasons. And even that season seemed a little dicey. What they did to like infuse more diversity on the show. I don't know much about it because I'm a newbie. Yeah, I'm we're a newbie. fresh. We're fresh. So like at this point, I'm just like devouring as much as I possibly can. Um, and I'm just really enjoying, I'm really enjoying the strategic gameplay of Survivor. I can't get over how into I am, uh, the jargon that, that comes with the show. 
like uh, all of the in-game moves and plays that different players use that are references to other past seasons. People are studying this show like you're going in uh, and, 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 and fighting to the death, you know, and, and, and it's their goal to be the sole survivor in a way that I don't know that it's anybody's goal to be uh, a winner of the challenge. I just don't be, it feels like these people just don't want it as bad. Were you, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that people definitely want to be champions. I mean, Nelson, shall we even talk like four about four people get a chance? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you, you and I can dream about being on survivor and one day being the sole survivor. I don't think we're, we've aged out. We've, we're too fucking fat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't Tits be on are the, too real. We can't be on the challenge, man. Um, were you one of those kids that like, and I was one of these kids that liked books that came with like all the information in the front, like a map of the fantasy land and like uh, a list of characters and like what certain words meant in this world? Um, Do not, you like a not necessarily with books, but with other things. Okay. You know, maybe with toys or yeah. sh- TV shows or movies. I was more of into that. I wasn't really a reader as a kid. Well, something that's been happening to me since we've been binging these eps is that I'm I'm literally dreaming about it every night. I had a dream two nights ago that was the end of this Gen X versus Millennials uh, episode. I had a dream of a supercut of a bunch of different possibilities, almost like the movie Clue, where you get to see all the different endings back to back. That is what I had. Would you let Clue go? Never. It's my favorite movie of all time. Um, and that was, I woke up being like, J1, J1, and I had to come back to reality. I, I have started to, and then bailed on the Survivor uh, casting, you know, form you can fill out on CBS's website. Nick and I, we've been talking a lot about, like, should we go on Survivor? And then you texted me last night while I was in bed. That's why you texted me. We're in the same house. And um, you just said, I, I changed my mind. I could do Survivor. Yeah, often Ashley and I will leave diff- the same room and then just text each other from those rooms. <laughs> we'll FaceTime each other from other rooms. Uh, yeah, I, I, I texted her late last night saying, I just I just realized that I, I, can't be, I, I can't be on Survivor. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, you asked. You're like, why? And I'm like, it's too hard. Wait, what made you say that? <laughs> I was I was like watching like somebody break down the most recent episode and I just was thinking about like the actual surviving and the idea of how intense it would be to be there and be like, oh, fuck, now you're on TV and you're on Survivor. People are waiting for you to do some shit on Survivor and like do the Survivor stuff. Like you can't just like hang out. Like you can't just be like a person like on the challenge. You get a person who's like just hangs out in the bunk like flirts with girls and is kind of funny in the downtime. Leroy. Kind of kills it in challenges and like people just like to hang. Yeah, like a Leroy type. There are some people who just aren't really doing much, don't get much FaceTime. You can't do that on on Survivor or they'll just vote your ass off because they realize that you have no idea what you're doing. It's an easy vote off. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to like immediately start strategizing and playing and it would be a lot of paranoia and it would be a lot of stuff happening all at once. And on top of that, you got to survive and eat rice. It seems too hard to do and I just don't think I could do it. Now, this is interesting because you have been, um, you've been taking in more of the like, media surrounding the shows we're watching you've been listening to a bunch of podcasts you've been listening i saw you watching some youtube vids um what do you think like explain to me what it means to play the game 
I don't under I don't understand a hundred percent what that means. I know that at the end of Gen Xers versus Millennials, again, spoiler alert, when Adam won, his whole thing was like, I've been playing this game. I've been making moves, blah, blah, blah. And Hannah was like, I've been playing the game. And Adam was like, your game was messy. And then Ken was like, I've been playing the game since day one. By the way, Ken, a dud. Um, sorry if there are any kid, Ken heads in the audience. But I, just break it down to me. Tell me what we're looking for here so that when I go on Survivor, I win this for us. Uh, basically, I, I think you might, you maybe would, would do good. I don't know. Are you conniving? This is my one issue is that I think I would not be conniving enough. And I think I would almost be, and and this is going to sound very conceited, but I'll just, it's the truth. I think I might be too likable. I think I would just be hanging out with everybody, talking to people. I like socializing. I like interacting. I think I'd make a lot of friends, and then people would be like, "We gotta get Ashley out of here. She's friends with everybody." Uh, so the what has come? So I I, I read a, a breakdown of a bunch of seasons where they like ranked like the last like thirty eight seasons from best to worst, um, and uh, from what I could tell from the breakdowns of these things. Um, you need to have a lot of knowledge about this show before you watch certain seasons to get the most oomph out of them. We didn't know that going into this current season, right? Going Correct. into 40, and right? Th- yes. We were just like, oh, let's just watch this. It started. It seems cool. And then you showed me like a like a super cut or something or like a clip show that yes. they were doing to promote it. CBS and I was like, did like a preview. Yeah. I watched it with my grandmother and I was like, Nick, I think we should watch this for the pod. Yep. And I was in uh, based on the preview. I th- it hooked me. And- so I didn't re- I didn't realize what we were really watching. I just knew of Survivor from back in the day. Of course, it's a strategy game. You're voting people out. Tribal Council, Jeff Probst. I get it. Yeah. I thought I got it. The the tribe has spoken. Yes. Okay, you've yeah. been voted off the island. Yep. These we are things it. we all say. Rice, fire, water. We yeah. get it. Um, so that's about as much as I knew. Now, because I've been like, had nothing to do, but just absorbed uh, different Survivor things, I'm realizing that we really had no idea what people were doing on the show and the stuff that they were speaking. So I would say the number one, this is a long way to answer your question. (laughs) The number one thing is that you need to know is you need to be quote unquote playing this game as best as you could possibly play in a strategy style from the beginning to the very end, or you could get all the way up to the end and then be like, hey guys, I'm one of the three people that got all the way to the end. And they'd be like, yeah, but you just kind of hung around. So we're going to award the million dollars to this person because they really played this game. What does it mean to really play the game? What gives you points at the end of this show? Basically making big moves, okay? And looking like you're in control in your special way. Big moves that aren't just for their own sake, like not just to make a move, but big moves that further your agenda. For example, in Gen X versus Millennials, we see Hannah make a bunch of big moves towards the end of the season, and they weren't, they didn't help anyone. They were just her kind of creating chaos to have big moves on her resume. So for people who are not fans of Survivor, at the very end of this thing, um, a a select group of people that you're uh, on this show with, Survivor cast members, uh, are there and they are a jury. They're the tribal council. And they decide who of the three people that are last uh, there wins this money. So you can't just make, if you make it all the way to the end, you may make it all the way to the end and not make any money yep which is what is really exciting about this show and what you have to do and and this is great because this is show jargon 
and I had no I had no idea about this up until two or three days ago, is that when you get on the show, you start building something that is called a resume, mm-hmm. okay? And you have to make sure that your resume is beefed up so that when you have your resume to show the tribal council at the end, the jury, you could be like, look at all the things that I did during this season. Please award me this money. So you can't just sit there and be a bump on a log. If you are, you may make it to the end, but that's only because the people who are making moves decided you should be at the end because you're going to be less of a person to have to go up against, and less of a threat. And what do they call those? They call those people goats. Goats, not greatest of all time. I would say it's more like a scapegoat. You are just like, I'm going to put you sitting next to me because you look really bad when you're sitting next to me. There's no chance in hell they're going to choose you and your story this season over me and my story. Yes, you are going to tell these people a story. You need to sell your story arc to these people who have not seen it on television yet. So they're just seeing what what is happening on the show. They don't actually get to see the edit of the show because it's happening in real time for them. So you need to be able to say, hey, my name is Nick. I'm here at the end. I think you all know why I'm here because I made big moves constantly. I made sure that uh, the game was always being played in my favor. And if you go and you look at the past history, I've never been on the wrong side of history. I've never been on the outs with the entire tribe. And if I have been, I've made sure to get myself back on the ends here. And uh, the reason most of you are sitting here is because of me, and I'm going to prove that to you right now. And then the jury, you know, the tribal council, gets to ask one question to everybody, and usually it's something that would kind of expose why you would be the person best fit for this million dollars. And those questions can be very intricate and, and may not make any sense to a person that has never seen this show before. They're not at, like... Asking somebody like, um, how many times have you been on the right, the wrong side of a vote? It's just like, what are we talking about here? Um, well, what we're talking about here is uh, the majority. Are you on the, uh, when we vote, were you in the majority? Were you on the right side of the vote every single time? Were you in the majority every single time? Or were there a few times where you were kind of blindsided yourself and saying like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that a whole bunch of people were voting a certain way. They left me out of this and uh, the game moved on. Or were you in the power seat the whole time? So people are tallying up things in columns. They're making sure that the best person may win this game. Ultimately, if you pissed a whole bunch of people off, though, and they didn't like the way you played the game, even though you were conniving, they may not award you that vote. They could be bitter. They could be a bitter jury. You basically want to be like likable enough that you win when it's down to the final three, but unlikable enough that you don't get voted out early. Pretty much. Which brings me to Adam. Like, I feel like he did such a good job of that. And then after watching this season, uh, his season, I want to go back and I want to watch Winners at War from the beginning. What? I see. I can't be rewatching things. I want to rewatch now that I, I have know 38 them. Thirty-eight seasons of Survivor to watch. Now that I know them, I want to see Adam interacting with Boston Rob. Remember that happened in the beginning. We didn't even appreciate it. <laughs> it is true. We we really didn't know what we were getting into. We had no idea because this season. I mean, you guys know we've been talking about it a little bit. Uh, season forty. It's all people who have won this show before. So it's like everybody has a history in the show. Seems as though like uh, a lot of the. Um, the newer players sort of picked off the older players yeah pretty pretty down the line and so now what's left is a bunch of people who won in probably like the last 10 seasons or so yeah minus adam um minus adam (laughs) well i mean minus a bunch of people now have been voted off there's only a couple people i mean right at this moment there is one two three four 
five, what, six people left on the show? Yeah, that sounds um, right. Or seven people left on the show. Graham, Jeremy. Um, Graham? <laughs> ben. Not not Graham. Ben, ben Jeremy, Jeremy, Nick, Nick Sarah, Sarah. Sarah? The cop? Yep, you're right. Um, Tony. Tony. Denise. Denise. That's it. Michelle. Michelle. That's it. Oh, this reminds me. So that's seven people. When you were talking about how some uh, winners are not respect, like uh, how people like don't respect you in the, the tribunal thing, because they're like, you, you just got here. You just skated by. Like yeah. you didn't really make it. I wonder if that's why Michelle said in the beginning of Winners at War that her win is sort of like not really respected in Survivor lore. Um. Yeah, I don't remember her saying that, but I know that somebody who got voted off recently, Sophie, she got voted off like two episodes ago. Yeah, I loved Sophie. Sophie is a person who they call, uh, she, I think, referred to her win as like a bottom of the barrel or a Mm. bottom tier win. Hmm. And I think what was going on with Sophie is that uh, the person who she was with, like, uh, or something happened, but basically like she maybe wasn't making the biggest, flashiest moves in the world. I'm so like there I'm like I have like a little bit of like I'm doing what I do with all the stuff I get obsessed with yeah where I get I get a taste of it and then for I can't do anything but like deal with it yeah I've done it with multiple reality television shows but other than reality you know like sometimes I get out of things like like I I get in and go in and out of stuff like pro wrestling, but then I like find like a like a niche in pro wrestling of something that I never even knew about, like Japanese pro wrestling. And then I'm like for a year, all I'm doing is seeking out, you know, New Japan pro wrestling or battle rap. Like I'm like, what the fuck is this? I see like a clip on like World Star in like 2012 of something, and it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then I search out that company that put the video out and then boom it's like eight years of me that's really was probably about three years of me just like inundated with it and now i'm all caught up on the product and like i'm like a battle rap aficionado for real i'm feeling that here do you know what i mean oh i love it i'm feeling that here and i'm just hearing people talk about it like the person that got voted off in the last episode if you haven't watched survivor earmuff yourself but last episode kim was voted off oh Kim, I was rooting for Kim. I'm rooting for Kim, Michelle, and Natalie. Those are my three. I had um no I had no didn't know who Kim was, but Kim I guess won Survivor One World. Mm. And people are calling her one of the best winners of Survivor of all time. And they said that she nobody has ever controlled the game from beginning to end like Kim. Mm. She controlled the whole <gasps> we gotta game. Gotta watch Kim season. So now I'm man. like, I gotta watch Kim season. So it's interesting. So it's like, I haven't been with this show since the beginning. I have a lot of catching up to do. Got nothing but time at this at this point. And at the rate that we're ripping through seasons, I mean, we could maybe do this on our own. I have, in my brain, toyed with the fact of when you go to sleep, because you usually will want to go to sleep before me, and I'm like wired up, like watching TV sometimes. And I'm like... I might just pop on just like a random season and uh-uh. not tell you about uh-uh. it. Just something that you're not into. You no. Know what I mean? no. 
Why? Not into that. Why can't I just watch because Survivor when you're not around? I also want to watch Survivor. And we're watching like four hours, hours of Survivor a day. Like surely that's enough Survivor. No. We're acting as me, if man. people pay us to make this pod. Okay. <laughs> when in actuality, we pay to make this also, pod. Also, we watched like 20,000 hours of Survivor this week. We got, I don't know, 18 minutes out of talking <laughs> about it. So, I mean, it's, we got, it doesn't we don't, pay off. Hey, we're not Survivor heads yet. We yeah. don't have the lingo. And also, there's like enough podcasts out there like talking about Survivor. I just want to let everybody know that I am definitely in on it and uh, I'm going to be in on it. And we're going to see how far we can go with it. I don't know if I can keep talking about it on this show. You know, it's just not what we do here. We're a challenge family. Do you know what I mean? We are a challenge family. But listen, before we wrap it up, I want to talk about season 40. Like what you do you have any predictions? Do you have any ideas? Who are you rooting for? I'm curious. Uh, my prediction is that Tony is going to win the whole thing. Uh, the past two episodes have been such a Tony-centric game, and he's got an idol in his pocket, which is like immunity, you know, and uh, he doesn't, he seems to have the numbers on his side since this last vote that happened. I just don't see Tony not going, at least going to the final three. Will they award Tony? The, it's like, depends on the story. Tony played a very sort of slow slower game for from I think historically how he plays up until the past I would say five episodes or so four episodes he has started heating up specifically the past two episodes um there was one episode that was just like a Tony episode it was like fucking an hour of just Tony like running around doing shit Tony is great here's the thing you see that Tony episode you gotta you gotta remember this this is why this is so good this is why this is what we do here we watch reality we analyze it uh, from from a, a perspective of people who know the deal. We're not just some casual watchers of this stuff. We do this with the challenge quite a bit where we pick it apart. Like, what are we seeing here? You know, often Ashley and I will watch the challenge and see the first couple of interviews and we go, is this the person who is going to be the winner of this episode or is this person going home? You know, we're trying to figure it out. That two episodes ago where Tony had like an idol, he was being extorted, he had this thing, he made a move, he voted somebody out, he took people. That is what I believe we're seeing is a winner's edit. Do you know what I mean? Oh. You have to prove to the audience that the person who wins this game is the person that's supposed to win this game. So these people who you're not seeing much of, Nick, Denise, Michelle, you know, you're not seeing much of these people. You know, you're seeing a lot of Ben. You know what I mean? You're seeing a lot of Ben. You're seeing a lot of Jeremy. You're seeing a lot of Jeremy. You're seeing a lot of Natalie on Edge of Extinction. You're seeing a lot of Natalie. You're seeing a lot of Natalie. She's winning all the Edge of Extinction sort of day things they have to do. Yeah, find she's a thing. getting a lot of these fire tokens. Now, I think like Tony, you got to think, who's going to sit next to Tony? If you're going to take the people on the show right now, right? Yeah. And you do this final tribal council where you yeah. have three people and then the tribal council will decide who is going to win this money, right? This is $2 million they're going to win. This is a big decision, right? And the people who are voting are a bunch of people who know this show better than anybody else who knows this show. And they know what people want. They're not going to short the winner. They're not going to give it to somebody who doesn't deserve it. They're they not going to be bitter about it. For the good of the franchise, they know they have to make the right decision here. Who does so Tony sit next to? Um, who, who who could sit next to Tony of people who are actually still in the game? We're not talking about, uh, you know, Extinction Island or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Edge, Edge of, of Extinction. Extinction. We're not talking about that. Just the people who are still in the game. Who could sit next to Tony and be a threat to Tony? 
Denise, she put, got Sandra knocked out. That was incredible. That was a great move. I didn't even realize that was a good move because sure. I was new to Survivor and I was still knocked off my feet by that. Yeah. Um, and she also played her idol for Jeremy. So she protected her interest early in the season. I think maybe Jeremy has a, 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 a leg to stand on just in the fact that he's been able to skate by on every single thing he's been able to get through. Let me stop you right there. Those are the two people that Tony does not want to sit next to in final tribal. Yeah. And so my guess is those are the two people that are going to go home in the next episode. Wow. That's my guess. Those are my predictions because I think Tony is able to now, he's he's got enough clout and he's got enough power and he's got an idol in his pocket and he knows how to play this game. He's already won. You know, it's his third time playing. He's won already. I think those are the people he does not want to sit next to because I think those are the only people that have a chance because of what you just said. Yeah. You saw Denise make a couple of power moves. Now, you haven't seen her do much else. She's kind of floating by other than those two things. Yeah. The past few apps, not much Denise. Let's just say if they wanted to sell us that this was a Denise season, they're not doing a great job, right? Yeah. The editors. Jeremy... The past five episodes have been dedicated to Jeremy hanging on to this game. Saving his ass. So, Jeremy, I think you don't want to sit next to Jeremy on this game. You just don't want to be, you don't, you don't want it to be up between you two. You just don't. Yeah. If I was Tony, I want to sit next to Nick. I want to sit next to Michelle. Yeah. I want to sit next to Sarah, probably. Yeah. They're They're just not. Ben, yeah, they're just not making moves. Now, Ben has an idol now. That's the other thing that, that and, and and somebody has a 50-50 thing. There, things could be had. Now, what we mentioned before is Natalie. Natalie was the first person voted in Edge of Extinction. She's killing it in Edge of Extinction, has the most fire tokens in Edge of Extinction, has had the most screen time on Edge of Extinction. If she comes back in this game, that is a story. If she makes it to the final three, she's winning. That is, I mean, if it's up against, if it's her and Tony and whoever else, that is going to be a tough decision. Do you award a person that is on edge of extinction? Now you got to remember everybody that's voting has been hanging out with Natalie on edge of extinction for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Or whoever gets in there. Yeah. What if it's Rob? What if it's Boston Rob? It's not going to be Rob. You know what I mean? It It could, they're getting, they're giving a lot of stuff to Boston. You're getting, you're seeing a lot from Boston Rob. You know, but I think that's just because they like to see him. You know, There's they, no they, reason for Natalie to have gotten so much camera time for her not to come back, right? I, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Now, people, I would say the uh, the thing going against Natalie if she gets back is that I would assume that most people wouldn't want to. I, I think super fans don't really like Edge of Extinction. I think they they think it's not a great thing for the game. I know that people are very pissed off about this the fact that Edge of Extinction people who are there can 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 do things to at the detriment to people who are still in the game oh come on the extortion thing was cool they like the extortion thing but they don't like the fact that it came from edge of extinction like if you were to get an advantage in this game and you're in the game and you could extort somebody on the island that you're on yeah they don't like that these people who are voted out can now control this game so i just don't know that the 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 players that are in edge of extinction would want to be the be the jury that awards Natalie the money or whoever it is the money based on the fact of fighting your way back from Edge of Extinction because it's a lot of old school players who are like yeah. we don't really like the Edge of Extinction yeah. we don't even really like idols that much I would like the fact that you know the person who was in the game the whole time fighting to win made big moves traditional winner of Survivor that's who's going to win so it's going to be tough I think that the only person that has a chance to beat Tony is really 
Natalie if she comes back from the edge. That's it. I agree. And I think that Denise or Jeremy, if they make it onto the council, they will, or make it onto the final three, they have a chance against Tony. I wanted to say something though. You're talking about like super fans don't want an edge of extinction win. It just reminded me of when Ashley, Mitchell, and Hunter one final reckoning and they were brought into the show as mercenaries and how pissed off everybody was that they came in halfway through the season and they yeah. ended up winning the season. You want a true winner. You want the winner to feel real and you want it to be a you true winner. You want to be from win. the beginning to yeah, the end. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, it's going to be interesting. You have to see how the story was told. You know what I mean? Like what was the story that we saw? And 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 to be quite honest, the last half of this show, it, it's it's a it's Tony heating up. Tony time. It's Tony time, baby. It is Tony time, and um, I I just can't see Tony not sitting there in final tribal, and if it's anybody really, other than Natalie, I just don't see him him losing. Um, I I think maybe Jeremy has a chance because he's had this. I've been toiling on the edge of extinction. You know, not you know. I've Jeremy been, has a chance just because it's like, wow, this dude is a survivor. I he still is the definition of a survivor. He's not making any moves though. Like you know what I mean? It's it's he's he's not in control. He was not in control of this game. You want to pick that somebody who has been in control of this game. But wouldn't you say that he's the biggest survivor there? Yes, but everybody's in, survived, though. In terms of the word survivor? No, because everybody's survived who's still there. They just were in, in more control of the game. I think we got a Tony win here. Wow. Yeah, I think we got a Tony wow, win here. Wow, and I'm, wow, and I'm, wow. excited, I'm excited to see the end of this thing. We got a two-hour uh, episode this Wednesday and then a three-hour finale. They're going like to be doing like a Zoom reunion which is going to be strange so the two-hour finale it's a two-hour this week and then two hours next week plus a one-hour reunion yeah but i heard that it, they're going to cut that one-hour reunion down and that most of that three hours is going to be dedicated to the finale well, I, I cannot wait we will be watching uh the challenge while it happens what if we don't <laughs> what if we watch survivor uh, we could have and then we watch the challenge in the morning we could do that we could do that i, I mean, prefer you're gonna say that on our podcast shoot i mean, I mean uh ooh, we've e been talking about i mean guys i know we're big challenge fans i know a lot of you guys who listen challenge. to us are challenge fans you know that we love the challenge it's our it's my number one should we be watching should we watch a classic challenge season and report back on that yes i have a hookup wink wink his hard drive. He has all the challenges saved in his hard Don't drive. Don't fucking tell people that's illegal. People want it. <laughs> no. Guys, email allegedly. us and Nick will he'll send <laughs> yeah, you some no, files. <laughs> it's alleged allegedly somebody uh, has a hard drive full of challenge seasons. Folks, um, that has been the podcast. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, follow us on all platforms. You can do that at Reality Blows Pod on Twitter, at Reality Blows Podcast on Instagram, at Nick Maritato on Twitter or on Instagram, and at Ashley B. Roberts on Twitter. You can email us, realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our goddamn Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reality blows bonus tier, five bucks. A month gets you two bonus episodes a month. Please do not miss. Do not sleep. That's where it's going down. And this is where we're going down. Bye. Bye.